It is Locked on Jazz for the 9th of September. Educated? Ugh. How the play-in game will change the entire makeup of the season and the fabulous Thurl Bailey stops by to talk about Donovan Mitchell and the Western Conference. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can get Locked On Jazz now. Also, of course, on Spotify, Apple, Google, CastBox, whatever platform you grab your podcast. Thanks very much. If you want to leave us a review, that's always much appreciated. Five stars, please. All right, we got a bunch of stuff for you today. Thurl's going to be back with us for our final day. If I have time Friday, we're going to do a live show. Kind of excited for that. Um, we'll see whether that plays out. We've got some meetings early in the morning that are fairly important, so we'll see uh, whether it happens. But I might try to get a live show because I haven't talked with you guys in a while. Um, today's show brought to you by our good friends at Locked on NBA. These guys have been going five days a week throughout the whole thing. Tip of the hat to them. I stepped away from the national show. So make sure you go grab Locked on NBA. It's your daily national bite-sized NBA podcast. All right. I want to talk about uh, over-unders with betonline.ag and how the playing game matters this year and the way the seasons approach very differently than I think they have been now that we have that experience. But I do want to touch on Senator Adams' comments. Don't, don't tell someone they need to be educated. like. And particularly considering American history, don't tell a black young man that they need to be educated. Like, that's just, just don't do it. And if you don't like hear that, widen your social circle to other people and ask. Like, it's just mind-blowing. So, I mean, that's the essence of that, right? Like, let's listen and discuss and get out of our echo chambers and not sit on some high and mighty platform and tell someone that, that doesn't agree with us that they have to be educated. Um, and then particularly considering the connotations to that comment, don't stick it on a young black man. It's like not hard. All right. Um, I mean, there's really actually to me very little discussion to be had there. You're welcome to hit me up on Twitter at DLOCKO9 if you think there is, but not, not sure I see that. Uh, all right, betonline.ag has the over-unders for the season set. And we've now had one full season with the playing game. Remember, the first time we did playing, it was off coronavirus and the March shutdown and the bubble, and we didn't really know what it was. And, and then this year we had it and was like, well, is it good? Is it bad? It, it's amazing. For the first time, and we saw the Warriors not make the playoffs because of it. For the first time ever, we're now going into a season where we know what this is, and I think it could have a tremendous impact on the season. First of all, I think for a bunch of teams, we look on the bottom of the over-unders at betonline.ag, Minnesota and Sacramento and the Pelicans 
who are in kind of this no man's land of over under, like I think making the top 10 and being in the playing game is going to be classified as a huge success for them and a different standard. And then the way Memphis did last year, if you can actually then win a game or two out of it and, and, and get into the eights, win one and get into the eight spot, it's a massive, it's a massive win. So I think that's the first thing um, that we, that when we look at this now, second thing is, I think from the top, it gets interesting. Now, here's where they have the over-unders. The Lakers are at 52.5. Okay, obviously, I disagree. I would go to betonline.ag and go under if I could. Jazz are at 52. Suns are at 51.5. Warriors are at 48.5. Mavericks are at 48.5. Denver's at 48. The real number that matters is the Clippers are at 44.5. That's the seventh team. So as of right now, there's a pretty big gap between the Lakers at the top and the Clippers at the bottom of eight wins. There's a three and a half win gap between the Warriors, Mavericks, Denver, and the Clippers. But like that's, I I think people are really misjudging who the Clippers are and what they're going to be capable of doing and how much Paul George can handle being the number one and the fact they have above average players at every other position and they're unique. I, I think, you know, if Paul George doesn't miss 25 games or something, even without Kawhi Leonard, they're way better than 44.5, like way better. You suddenly vault them. That's all you have to do is vault the Clippers from 44.5 to 48, which I would say is more appropriate, or just drop everyone a game and give the Clippers a game. Now, all of a sudden, that seventh team is at 48 wins. Now that's only four games from the top. For us as the Jazz, for the Suns, for the Lakers, you're four games off suddenly being a play-in team. Right now, as betonline.ag has it, it's a pretty good gap. Like, you're looking at the Jazz and saying, okay, well, we're not going to miss our over-under. And we might be under 52. Seems feels unlikely after last season. But we could be under. But we're not going to be seven games under. Like, or eight games under. That's really what we'd have to be. We have to be eight games under. All it takes is either the Clippers or Portland, two teams I'm high on, to vault their numbers from 44.5 or 43.5 to 46, 47, 48. Let's go with the 47. Now, all of a sudden, we're only five games under our over-under to be in the playing game. Ah! The Lakers, who I think everyone is missing by a mile, we'll see. I mean, I've definitely put my flag in the ground on this, would only be missing by four or five games. With an and Obviously, over-unders are implying there's going to be some injury and things of that nature. But if they underperform, and I, I think they will, I also think it'll be, you know, tightened because of rest, because of injuries, because of a weird season coming. It was starting differently. These numbers are all going to be tighter than they've ever been before. And so suddenly if you're the Jazz or the Suns or the Lakers, you actually are playing with an intensity level for the entire season because you don't want seven. And seven's not that far away in a tight Western Conference. If you're the Warriors or the Mavericks or the Denver or the Clippers, those four that are really in this, and I think Portland should be. They were the number one offense in the NBA after they grabbed Norman Powell. So you take those five. Let's assume for a second that the top of this is right. Lakers, Jazz, Suns are all in the 50s, and they're in a different class. Now the Warriors, the Mavericks, the Nuggets, the Clippers, and the Blazers – those five are competing for three spots to avoid a playing game. And you want to avoid the playing game. Ask the Warriors last year. 
Grizzlies are at 41.5. Pelicans are at 39.5. I kind of see the Pelicans, the Kings, and the Wolves at this funny spot. There's a pretty big gap in the betonline.ag over-unders with the Pelicans at 39.5 and the Wolves at 33. But this is going to, in my this in my mind now, as we've had a full season of this, you're going to be like 30 games into the season and be in fifth. And in the past, you'd be like, all right, well, we just need to go get home court advantage. Now you're going to be sitting there saying, oh, God, we got to make sure we're not seven. Oh, God, we got to make sure we're not seven, right? It's a huge change to the way the season's going to play. I think the way intensity of of teams, the way they approach things is going to change. Now, obviously, you want to be healthy at the end. We proved it doesn't matter if you're one, if, you're, if your hamstring's pulled on your starting point guard and you got a sprained ankle on your starting shooting guard. Like, that doesn't matter. But as the season is going and you're suddenly playing, you know, Dallas on ESPN on the – oh, that's Christmas. Uh, you're playing, you know, Denver on the 5th of January. That That's suddenly a big game like game 35 of the season. You got to get the edge on Denver. You, you just never know where that playing game is. So I think the playing game is going to have a monster, monster change on things. By the way, football does start today. And speaking of betonline.ag, they're the number one spot for all pro and college football action. If you didn't know, we usually do the promo code lockdown, but right now the promo code NFL 100 will get you 25. You can bet today's game. Between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys, and if you lose, your wage will be refunded up to 25 bucks for all new customers when signing up on the promo code uh, NFL100. So just want to make sure you knew that. If you want to play tonight, get involved. Bet online, fastest, easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Uh, one other jazz note, congratulations, Juwan Morgan, signed with the, the Celtics. Hopefully he gets a chance. He's a nice player. I do think he could probably be effective. With Ennis Cantor there and Al Horford there and Robert Williams, I don't know when he gets a chance. I don't know that he ever becomes, you know, the, Jawan Morgan's a really nice player and the Jazz are really high. He's a great kid, military parents, just super kid. It's a great example of just how incredibly hard the NBA is. Like he did a great job of transforming himself out of Indiana and it's just really, really hard. It's a tip of the hat to like the George Niangs of the world who came to this league, also didn't fit and were able to completely transform their game in a way to be able to make it. It's pretty great. The other one that's really interesting, and I understand 100%, this is like, to me, a really interesting roster-building debate we can discuss some other day. I'll just throw it out there. But we have, we had Jawan Morgan, Jarrell Brantley, Elijah Hughes, Mia Oni, Justin Forrest, or um, Trent Forrest, uh, Justin Foreman, Wright Foreman. So we've had like these seven second round picks that we're trying to develop and see if we can hit on another Royce O'Neal or another Joe Ingles who actually didn't take that route. Like, do you hit on those guys at enough rate that it's worth their roster spots? They're cheap, obviously. Or like what we talked about last year, the Suns went and put Frank Kaminsky, each one more, Langston Galloway, Javon Carter, and a bunch of kind of veterans who you knew who they are, what they did on the back of their roster. Now, the problem with that is also – like, are they going to be content? Elijah Hughes, Mia Oni, Trent Forrest are all going to be content not playing. They're just in the NBA, all's good. So you don't have any roster or any problems. And so with the veterans, sometimes you got to find guys that are willing to admit where they are in their careers. But it's an interesting back half of the roster debate of what the right way to do. If you hit on those second round picks, it's pretty great. Like, then you really find something. And you're, you know, and like, I think Kaminsky's back, but I don't think Langston Galloway's back. Maybe he is, but I know each one more is gone and Javon Carter's gone. Like, you're, you're just churning that every year if you do the veteran mold. So there's an answer to each. It's just an interesting 
uh, discussion. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Intercap Lending. Steve Carter and Intercap Lending do amazing work, and it is an honor to be involved with them. If you are looking to refinance, there's a lot of reasons why. Like, I don't want to tell you where I think the market's going and what I think is going to happen and what's going to happen to interest rates, but I'm basically telling you it's pretty clear. If you're paying attention, I think it's clear. Uh, so right now might be the time. Call Steve Carter. Um, Steve Carter does amazing work. He is our locked on loan officer. We have our own personal loan officer at Intercap. Intercap has grown leaps and bounds. Why? Because they get deals done because they have guys like Steve Carter. Um, so give Steve a call, 385-885-28. You're welcome to email me at dlock09 at gmail.com and we can just connect you. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. For more information, visit intercaplending.com. I haven't really told you why on Intercap Lending. Why? Because Steve Carter's unbelievably responsive. I've done two loans with him. Uh, my COO has done his loan with him. A bunch of lockdown people have done it and all the experience I've had. Not one person who's ever said they've had anything but an amazing experience. Second reason why... The headquartered in Utah, highly responsive, embrace change, great borrower experience, and a direct issue. They actually still own the loan uh, that I've been dealing with. So uh, that is why on the intercap lending part of it. Today's show is brought to you as well by Sweat Block. Woo! The dry shirt guarantee of Sweat Block works up to seven days per use. Doctor created, doctor recommended. The company's been around for a long time. If you look on Amazon, there's over 13,000 reviews. You can get up to 20% on sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on at Amazon or CVS as well. But why do that when you go to sweatblock.com now and go get 20% off with the promo code locked on? If you or someone you love is dealing with excessive sweating, big events, pitting out on shirts, embarrassment, probably not something they mention because everyone's embarrassed to mention it, then guess what? Sweatblock is there for you. Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes are there as well. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply at night before going to bed. The next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day. I know it sounds too good to be true, but literally, Sweatblock once or twice a week keeps you dry the whole time. No more pitting out. No more picking up shirts based on which ones hide the sweat better. It is Sweatblock. Final day with Thurl! It's the Showerless Podcast with Thurl Bailey and David Locke. Day three, and if you're watching on a YouTube on Locked on Jazz, neither of us have showered or changed or look any different in three days of shows. I love this. I love this shirt. And whoever Closer is should be giving you a lot of – they're like – they should be paying it. I'm wearing the same jacket, and, and weird, I'm wearing the same shirt underneath on all three days we've done this show. Okay. You've got a very astute audience, I'm sure. Yes, Thurl's the pro who, like, as we take breaks here, is like, do you want me to change shirts? I'm like, no. Like, we're not trying to fool anyone here. We're doing one sitting. And adding- <laughs> if you didn't realize we were doing that, Thurl doesn't like – he likes – Thurl, like, <laughs> likes me. We enjoy ourselves. I like Thurl more than he likes me. We all know that. Um, but, like, he doesn't like me enough to, like, join me for three straight days. He likes me enough for one sitting at a time. That's that. Those are the rules. And it's like one – you'll do one lunch, one dinner, like, every – Five road days, right? Like, you know how it works. Oh, yes, we do. We love each other, though. Let's do it. There's only there's an expiration date on how much someone can handle my personality. I got it. I'm aware. <laughs> All right. Andy Larson on the summer interview series earlier, and you can go back and listen to it if you want to. He's been, he and Ron Boone already joined us, said that he actually thinks that the version of playoff Donovan Mitchell that we've seen the last two years is going to be regular season Donovan Mitchell this year. That, like, I don't know how he gets the usage rate even higher than it's been. 
but just this kind of one dominating, a little bit more one-man show, really, frankly, almost Allen Iverson-esque, which was one of the early comps, one of the smartest basketball people I know gave to Donovan Mitchell. Um, like, what do you think is the next step for Donovan and and where he goes and what we're going to see from him? Because we do forget he's only in his fourth year of the NBA. So this is year five. Like, these are the little incremental steps where you go from, like, really, really good to really incredible. Oh, I just love watching him play. I love, I just love what he has become. And he was great to start, right? I mean, just shocked a lot of people and the crowd he was hanging out with after games from the other team just said a whole lot about where he was headed, where he is headed. And he's still headed there. You just acknowledge the fact that he's still a young, a young player in this league. And I think one of the most amazing things to me and not amazing in the sense I can't believe it. It's amazing in the sense that this is this is how good Quinn Snyder is. He finds a way for him to be him in the midst of team success, right? Um, on on a lot of teams where you have guys who can score like Donovan, it's ball domination, right? It's every other possession for the most part sometimes. And Donovan has really embraced the fact that he, he can still be him, but he can be even more things like a playmaker, a consistent playmaker. Um, but you need a bucket. You, everybody knows whose hands it's going to be in, but you don't know how he's going to get that bucket. And he's been, you know, his just to watch him at the three-point line off of a dribble and just elevate up in the air and and just knock that shot down with confidence. We're going to see a whole lot more of that um, because as a as a player, as as the years go by and, and behind him in the NBA, um, you get smarter, right? And and you just bring a little bit more with what you already had. And you do it a lot more consistently. I think that's really the sign of a superstar. And and I believe he's reached that superstar status. Cement that. You've got to really be consistent with it on a night-by-night -night basis. And you got to win. And you got to win beyond what you've won before, right? And so that's really going to be his job as a better leader on the team. And I think we, we're starting to see a lot more of that come out as well, where he's He's not afraid to get on a guy not in, in his own way without demeaning that guy or taking the, the wind out of his sails. But um, those expectations obviously are going to be more on his shoulders um, with all the, the naysayers out there nationally um, for him to just prove to them that the team can get to the next level on his shoulders. You mentioned the naysayers, which is obviously was the Shaq thing last year. Uh, the one I'm wondering on him that I, I'm going to watch closely, I've always felt this. We didn't interact with him last year, so you don't have the same feel. There was a joyousness, a zest, a pizzazz to him. Like I've told the story about, I think it was two or three years ago, we were, I think you were there. It was uh, OTAs where they're kind of in the gym and he shows up for the first day and the, the building just changed. He was like in his second or third year at this point, but just Donovan arrived and he just gives off a little something to him. 
And there was a joyousness and zest that the way he played the game. My, I always, I kind of referred to him as the kid every now and then on the broadcast in a reference to Ken Griffey Jr. Because he reminded me of the hat on backward Ken Griffey Jr. But Ken Griffey Jr. lost that zest. He lost his enjoyment for the game along the way and was frustrated by the naysayers and frustrated by not winning. And I'm 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 concerned and curious to watch Donovan and see whether he can avoid losing that and being worn down by that, um, by the outside influences and still have that zest toward the game. Well, I'm not really sure that the outside influences really affect him that much. Um, I think they drive him, obviously. But I think what I really understand, and I, you know, this is not lost on me. And I told Quinn this. I said, Quinn, it's not lost on me, the affection and the love that your team has for each other. Um, because I, I know what that feels like. I know what it looks like. Um, as we're doing the games, D, we're calling the games. We may, uh, most people may be looking at the game, but I'm looking at what happens during a timeout. I'm looking at what happens during warm-ups, how guys are interacting. I'm looking at the embrace that Mike Conley gives Joe Ingles. I'm like, there, there's a lot to that for me. Now, you got to be able to play. you got to be able to go out and win. But that ingredient right there, I think Donovan needed day one when he got here, and he got it, and he understood it. It wasn't just about, you know, going out and, and, and performing and, and, um, and training to the player that he has. But, um, you know, I, I just think that he is driven by, yeah, everybody's driven by those people who don't believe in you and you've got to step up. But Donovan wants to win. And I think he knows that he can win for Quinn. You know, he could win with the right folks around him. And, and uh, you, you, for him, it really is getting past that point on, over the hill where, you know, you're almost there. You know, if not for you know, some, some health issues here and there, um, we can get there. And he's right. He's, he knows that the Jazz are close. And so it, it really is going to bring, I think, more of that out of him. You know, we, we see that, that Donovan who's ready to go, but we also see that Donovan who's, you know, he's still a kid. He's playful. And he's just going out there and playing – because he loves the game and, and he's embraced by old man Joe, right? And, and, and Joe's still talking to him. He's still accepting all these things. He's not, you know, too good not to listen or too good to listen. I guess that's the best way to put it. Um, but you, you just love to see how this team has raised him in that way. It's interesting you mentioned that. The, the thing I'm always so curious to watch is when someone's one for seven or two for eight, how they react. It was really what we, what I missed most last year was, you, you didn't have that, like, you know, Boyan was struggling and like how, when he's coming to the bench, how are they treating him? How are they reacting to him? What is, those are the things that you, you see inside that group that I think tells you so much. And you just, frankly, you know, only half the time could we tell whether that was going on last year. Yeah. And, and you can tell a lot in the post-game interviews, right? I mean, you can, especially after a loss, how are guys talking? What are they, can, can you see any, you know, my teammates didn't do this or didn't do that. Or, you know, I, I went out and did the best I could. You don't hear or see any of that stuff. It's always about, um, you know, my teammates with, especially with Boyan, you know, my teammates told me to get out of my own head, right. And just go out and play and have fun. And, 
And that's what you want to be surrounded by. That's what got them the best record in the in the NBA last year. And you know, with with all these new things that are going on, right? Nobody is guaranteeing that it will work. But when you have your core guys, you have those same guys who are um, radiating all that stuff we just talked about to the newcomers and accept, accepting them and and those guys those guys wanting to be here uh, and I and and don't think that other guys who play against the jazz uh, and watch the jazz, don't think that they don't know what's going on right and they're like wow that's that atmosphere looks pretty cool oh. I, I like yeah you know it's, it happens right Rudy Gay is probably the example right <laughs> He saw it. Like, right. part of it. All right. Final segment of the week with Thurl Bailey coming up next. Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal both took a jump. We'll, I'll explain it. We'll see if Donovan can make it. I've got to ask him what he thinks about the Lakers, what he thinks of the rest of the West. We'll do all that when we wrap it up with Thurl Bailey next on Locked on Jazz. There's a little sadness when you know the final segment of the week with Thurl Bailey's coming, but what doesn't bring sadness is Bilt Bar. The greatest protein bar that's out there that tastes like a candy bar. And now they have banana cream pie puffs, a delight in every bite. The new products keep coming 100% real delicious, real chocolate, 100% really delicious. It is Built Bar. The regular flavors we all know, cherry, barcia, raspberry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, coconut almond, coconut orange, strawberry, peanut butter brownie. And now they have the Built Puffs as well. Locked on or locked 15 gives you 15% off the bars and all the other products that give you the best taste around. Built bar versus protein bars, 130 calories versus like the cliff is like 280 on their builders. Fat grams, 2.5 instead of nine. Net carbs, four instead of 27. Sugar, four instead of 17. Fiber, six, so even better. And then protein, 17 grams right up there with all the others. So you get the protein, you don't get the calories, you don't get the fat, you don't get the sugar, and you get great taste. It's all at Built.com. Check it out at Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off. Today's show is also brought to you by DirecTV. In the new DirecTV stream, you get one device that gets you catch the game. Then you got another that's doing this. That day is over because DirecTV is stream. It brings you your live TV on-demand favorites together like never before, and you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. DirecTV Stream. And now, our final moments with Big T. Send him a big thank you at Big T Bailey on Twitter. He's so fun to have around. <laughs> There's a sadness to the final segment with Big T. Let's dig into the numbers. I did this whole thing without very few numbers. We've been like talking for a long time this week with very few numbers. But can you believe it? It's not a new me. Don't get excited. <laughs> All right. Bradley Beal. At 20, all right, Donovan Mitchell, let's get the facts. Donovan Mitchell scored 26 points a game and is 24 years old. He will turn 25. Um, he will have turned 25 by the time this airs. Um, in fact, we're recording this on Labor Day and Donovan's birthday is the next day. So happy birthday to Donovan. So Donovan has turned, will have turned 25 years old. Um, and so we look at Bradley Beal at 25 years old. He averaged 26 points a game. And the next year he averaged 
30. And what he did is he went from taking seven threes to taking eight, from taking 20 shots to taking 23, and from going to the free throw line five and a half times to eight times. Damian Lillard at his fifth year in the NBA went from 25 to 27 points. He did it by taking one more free throw, by taking another three, and um, are those the st- – and then Dame, by the way, eventually goes from 26 to 30. He does this at 28 or 29. He does it by um, taking a free throw and a half more and taking two more threes a game. Do we think Donovan can go from 26 to 30 points a game, and if he and is that actually good for us? Those are great questions. I think he can. Um, and I think it could be good for us, obviously, within the scheme of things. Um, but I, I think it's doable. I think it's doable because it doesn't mean – I mean, there, there's it's a lot of shots that go up in a game, right? And you, you kind of know distribution-wise who's going to be taking most of those and in and, and, and what ways they're going to be taking them. Um, uh, answer to your question, in order for the Jazz to be successful, Donovan Mitchell has to be very, very good. He has to be better every year. Um, and I think we've seen that. We've seen it escalate every single year, him, him doing a better job. One, I don't know if you can have superstars status consistently if you don't get to the free throw line on a consistent basis. And I think Donovan has gotten better at it he's and he he can be and will be i think better at it this year um and not settling and i don't think he's really ever settled i think he's kind of figured out when and where he he needs to do it um but yes i, I think he can i think he can i don't think the jazz will really be hurt by it um because i think they need him to i don't know if they need him to score 30 every night He's going to. He's going to score a lot more than that on 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 certain nights. But thirty is not a stretch, really. All right, let's talk about the West. What do you think of the Lakers? Hmm. You know, I, I think it's really going to be a great team, or it's going to be a bust. Um, I I don't know when I when I uh, out of all the moves this year. I didn't really think anything blockbuster really happened in the free agent market. I thought the most interesting one was the Westbrook to the Lakers. Because the first question you pops in everybody's mind, can he and LeBron play together? And, and in my mind, yeah, they can. I, I think they both have shown that, uh, you know, they can play with another star. My question, question in my mind went to Anthony Davis, right? What? When is he really going to step up and be the face of that team and be the guy? Because he's not really the guy yet. He hasn't, you know, he hasn't put himself in that category of, you know, this is my team. And as long as LeBron's there, he won't. But can those three, with the additions of all the other bigs and everything else around them, can can they do it? Carmelo Anthony. That's a whole team, man. I, you know, I, I, and I think the plus side to that is that there's a lot of great basketball among them. Can they win a championship with it? I think that depends on Anthony Davis. 
Um, so Ooh, I don't the, know what to think. Let me let me interject. I, I was stunned. I ran some numbers last week, did a show which basically talked about the Lakers actually come out in my metrics as the ninth best offensive team in the Western Conference. Like they don't come out. They come out ugly in the numbers. Anthony Davis had a bad year last year. Like it's not talked about at all. I know there was the injuries and everything else, but he had a bad year last year. Just when he played, he wasn't good. Yep. Yeah. I, that, and that's what I'm talking about. Right. Um, you know, I just, it's, it's really interesting because part of me is like, man, that, that could work. But uh, the other part of me is like, they're not going to be that good. I mean, I, I, I think when you, if, if you talk about health issues, I think that's one thing you can't control, right? But when you talk about wanting to, to be there at the end and you're going to be pacing guys, Anthony Davis, we know anyway, uh, when's the last time you played a full season? So um, it's going to be interesting. And I look at that relationship between LeBron and, and Anthony Davis, you know, from what I see on the outside. I don't see, I don't know if they're hanging out, right? I just don't, I don't know if I see that. So, um, with all those things in mind, it could still work, though. I mean, it, it could still work. They could be there, and they could surprise everybody because LeBron's on the team. <laughs> there, there is one other aspect of this, and I, I, I don't want to put my tent pole too hard in the ground on, like, the Lakers are bad. Like, LeBron has gotten older. Like, he's still great, but he's gotten older. Like, he's not – like, and again, like, you can – it's a steady decline. It's, it's, there's no one in the history of the game where this hasn't happened to them. So – like, I understand that we say, and maybe they're just going to coast through this thing and then they get to the playoffs and LeBron and AD are two of the 10 best players in the world and Russell steps back a little bit and they don't really play Carmelo and they can get through this and they and they can pull it off. But I I honestly think they are going to be fighting to avoid the play-in game during the regular season. They're just, it's not a regular season team in any way, shape, or form to me. I'm not going to disagree with you right there. I'm not, and I, I, I'm thinking along the same lines as you. And, and of course, <clears throat> um, again, a lot of it's going to be for them is, you know, who's healthy, who's ready, who's who's taking the night off. Um, so a lot of that, that kind of planning to be there at the end. But, you know, we say all this, and it's like, yeah, LeBron did it again. So... It'll be interesting. Rondo's back. I mean, wow, what's the average age of that team? It's like, you know, 53 or something. I don't know. Rondo actually hasn't been good in a while. Like, yeah, I mean, like, they're all yeah. bad. But, like, like, yeah, hey, if you could get them in a, like, on Xbox in and put them in their prime year, <laughs> they'd never lose. Like, like, I mean, the really the difference is that, like, the guys on the Nets actually can all still play a little. Like, like the guys on the Lakers all could play three years ago. We'll see. I hey, you know, I've, I've, you know, I misjudged two years ago. I said if they ran into a defensive team, they would fall apart in the playoffs. They never ran into a good defensive team, so I had to eat crow. We'll see this year. Um, what do you, assuming that Denver is without Jamal Murray for most of the year, assuming Kawhi Leonard is out for almost all the year, um, I, Denver, to, uh, listening to Matt Moore on Locked on Nuggets, they're talking about like all-star break return. We'll see. It's the numbers that I ran on both those teams throw still has them being very good. Like you eliminate emotion on those rosters and look at it. Michael Porter Jr. is a stud. Jokic is a stud. Paul George with a ton of guys. Like both those teams actually come out to be elite Western conference teams. 
What I don't know if the numbers understand is the burden of playing an entire season without Kawhi and without Jamal. So which of these two factors do you buy into? One, that playing the whole season without them or most of the season is such a burden it wears guys out? Or that our emotion of saying, oh, well, they lost one of their best players, so they're not good, is actually overriding how good those other players are? I think it's that one. I think our emotion of, you know, of saying that, oh, they're missing these guys, uh, they're, they're still going to be there. I think Denver in particular, um, I just, I saw a lot in them last year with, with Jamal out or how they, you know, how, how they, they compensated for that loss and in a different way, right? Guys stepped up, guys matured. Um, um, and Jokic is just that guy who's just brings that, that, uh, that equate that makes that equation just different from any almost any other team with his size and with the ball going through him and his decision making. Um, and rarely have you heard in a long time how a big makes everybody better, right? That kind of big. And so with his ability, I think to to be able to do that in that scheme of things, um, you know, I know Paul Millsap's not there, but I don't know if he was that effective. For them anymore in that way that they wanted them to be uh, but michael porter jr has really stepped up to to be a potential superstar in this league michael porter jr terrifies me like he's got to figure out some things but like he's in his third year like like yeah. let him you know i mean we forget like you mentioned this earlier and I, we didn't get to it and maybe it's the right place to wrap all this like Kawhi leonard on his own wins a title i think in his seventh year right like we you know, Giannis wins it in what his seventh or eighth year. Like, like LeBron, I think, is in his seventh or eighth year. Wins. Dwayne Wade wins it early because he's with Shaq. But you you look at these guys. It takes like as we talk about a Jokic even still kind of developing an MVP and then flailing out in the playoffs. Or even you know Dame's kind of crossing over. I think I feel Dame's pain. He's at year ten. He's wondering like what's going on. Like, but I think with Donovan, we're at year five. Like. Guys don't win titles in their fifth year of the NBA unless they've got. Now, you're going to have another sh shot at it, but we'll see. So I think that's a big part. Of it. Final question. This is my whole theory, and you're going to, you can blow it up. I want, I want your thoughts on this. This is kind of how I feel about the Jazz. I'm watching the Bucs. The, two years ago, the Bucs like, are up 2 0 on Toronto, and they lose a double overtime game, and they end up losing the series, and they don't win the title. Then they get caught in the bubble with the George Floyd and the boycott, and it seems like that wore them out. They don't win the title. This year, Kevin Durant's foot hits the line, and they win a title. If foot's not on the line, like, by this much, they don't win the title again. To me, and this is so numeric, it's probably going to drive you crazy. Like, if you look at the math on it, like, the Bucks had, like, a 20% chance of winning the title each of the last three years, and, like, it – came up for them this last year. And we had like an 18% chance to win the title this year with our record and the way we played. And it didn't come up for us. And the other years we probably had like a 4%. And this year, I guess we'll probably have another 18 or 19% chance. We're really good. Like I kind of think the way the league is right now, it's so different than it's ever been. There's like 20 guys in the league, Chris Middleton, Donovan Mitchell, who can like carry Devin Booker that can carry to a win. We didn't used to ever have that many guys in the playoffs. There's so many good teams. There's nine or 10 teams that think they're title contenders. If you include Dallas that, you know what? Everyone's got like between an eight and 15 or 20% chance to win it. And it's just really hard. And sometimes you run into the Clippers and it screws you up. And sometimes you get a route and 
frankly, I think the Lakers had like a 15% chance and they got lucky in the bubble that they didn't play a team whose defense was ranked better than 15th until they got to the finals. And then that team was hurt. Like I just, that's kind of my theory right now is that everyone's got like this 12 to 20% chance and you got to just hope that it flies through for you. That, that is, you know, th there are times when you and I talk that I want to disagree with you. I just want to. I just want to find a way to, uh, but I can't, um, especially on this particular one, because you're right. Um, it is, it's crazy. And, and you know what? And whether you like the play-in game or not, it affects, it, it really does something for this game now. Um, and it's, I think it's good. Um, and we, you know, we haven't touched on some of the other teams like Clay Thompson's return for the Warriors, the way Steph Curry has just been tearing it up and, you know, the Draymond Green effect for that team. So um, it, it gets tougher every year to win a championship. Uh, but again, there's no way like maybe, I don't know what, six, five, six years ago, you could basically uh, look at the, the calendar and say um, uh, these two teams are going to be in it or these three teams are going to be in it. Now, now, I don't think you can do that anymore. And I think with with what you like, you just talked about Milwaukee and, and what they did, what they accomplished, you know, the closer the Jazz got last year, um, you know, how the Clippers played without uh, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, it's and, it, and, it, and it's a good thing. It's really a good thing, you know, to be able to have a league that you know, Milwaukee won the freaking title. You know, Giannis can't shoot a three or he can't shoot a free throw. How do they get there? But that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. It's just. And their um, guy was a second round draft pick out of Texas A&M who got, was a throw in in a trade. I actually think yeah. the big thing, we, we, we can wrap up, but I actually think the biggest thing that's going on in the league is, so I, you can decide, like I, and we'll, you know, ESPN will do their top hundred. Like, I think Donovan probably comes in at like 15 or 17. Devin Booker probably comes in at 13 or 15 this year ahead of Donovan because they went further in the playoffs. Chris Middleton probably comes in at 19. They're all capable of winning a playoff game. Individually getting hot and winning a playoff game. There's like 20 guys in the league, Trey Young, Jamal Murray, like just go, Giannis, who can win a individual playoff game. We didn't used to have it, and it changes the whole dynamic yep. of of how of how the playoffs are going to be played out, and it means more team. Luca, Luca, like I mean, I'm big on Dallas this year. Like they had a brutal COVID year. Luca's going to get better. Like just duck and take cover, from, yep. except for their coach. But other than that, I like it. Well, you look at also you talk about you know you look at the other seventy percent or seventy five percent of guys who are heroes of the moment, like these young guys who are coming up and you know, and, and, and doing their thing and, and trying to become, you know, those consistent players. But, you know, you saw a lot of these young kids that are, you know, one, two, three years in the league that are just making an impact on the game itself. And, and uh, so it's a great league. I'm excited for this year to start. I'm excited to get out on the road and have you buy me breakfast and lunch and dinner I, on occasion. I owe you like an hour of your time is like at least two, three meals. So <laughs> come me. we're all good. It's on the record. Uh, we'll, we'll have to Instagram it when I pay. This will be like debt payment. Number one, debt payment. Number two, <laughs> we'll find a little breakfast spot in Detroit. Like the, again, big T you're the best. 
I adore you. You're one of my favorite people in the world. Thank you so much for spending time with me. Love you, Dave. Thanks, buddy.